Thanks for checking out this week's staff meeting Devo. This week, Pastor Tom Wood brought us our weekly devotion with a Devo titled, Of Jesus. Let's get right into it. So we're going to spend some time today, and uh, I think there's a lot of value in it, in considering to dissect and dive into the vision and the mission statement that our church has. And the mission statement, it predates Megan and I, I'm told, by decades. So long before we got here, while Pastor Randy and Pastor Maryam were leading the church, they got together with the elders, and through a long process, they landed on this being the mission and the vision statement of the church, and we embrace it wholeheartedly. This, I think, summarizes our heart towards ministry, and I think if we were to sit down and try and write a mission and a vision statement for our church, I don't think we could top this. I think this really does encapsulate our heart for ministry, our heart for the community. So one more time, the mission and the vision statement for Word of Life is leading individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Jesus. And as I've spent time thinking through this and praying through this and really considering the weight of this mission statement and of this vision, One of the things that I started to do to try and help me really kind of, you know, sort of really internalize this and really kind of think through it and get a strong grasp on it is I started to divide it up into sections. And what I was able to do is I divided it up into six sections. And I want to start today and I want to go through what will be the first of six of these talks where I'll go through this and consider what it means for us and the weight of it for us. And I want to start at the end. So there are six of them, but the last one is of Jesus, There are six of these. If you look at it, and we'll cover these over the next number of weeks. But the first one will start at the end of Jesus because it is all about Jesus. Our church, hopefully every church on the planet, is all about Jesus. We are called to follow him. Our call is not to wander blindly, but to follow Jesus. Jesus is the one that sets the direction. He's plotting the course. He's deciding where we're going and what we're going to do along the way. He's deciding the means of transportation. This is all about Jesus. Jesus is the sole focus of everything that we're doing. It was a few years ago now when we went through Luke and Acts over the summer. And in that series, on one of the weeks, it was looking at the Mount of Transfiguration. And as I was looking at the Mount of Transfiguration, I remember one thing that just kept coming up and up over and over again as we kind of studied that moment is that Jesus is greater than I think he is. That's the one lesson that I kept taking from that, and that ended up being the main thrust of the Sunday morning message, is Jesus is greater than I think he is. And then just last Christmas, almost a year ago now, when we talked about, um, you know, that Christmas story, and one of the things that I came away from that, and what ended up being the main point of that message at last Christmas was, it's impossible to honor Jesus too much. You know what I mean? Just sort of think the weight and the significance of who Jesus is and how amazing he is and the significance of the gospel, the power of the gospel message, the power of the message of the cross. And this needs to be the driving force of our mission. We need to be consumed with Jesus. Everything we do needs to honor him and his mission. Now, this is a favorite Bible passage of mine. It's from the book of Colossians and Paul writing, and it's very poetic, and many people believe it's essentially a very old hymn but it's Colossians 1.15, and we're going to read a few verses together. Extremely powerful. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead, 
So he is first in everything. For God in his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That verse, I love it so much. I've shared it oftentimes on Sunday mornings in different sermons. But there's no way to read that and mistake just how majestic and supreme and wonderful and amazing, how high Jesus is. There is no way to read that and wonder whether Jesus is worthy of our eternal praise. And our response to this is that we cannot pay lip service to Jesus. It is Jesus that is building the church. Jesus promised that he will build his church, not the hopes and dreams of a pastor. Jesus is building his church to advance his kingdom, not to advance a human agenda. Jesus has called believers to continue what he started, not to jumpstart something brand new. As I was thinking about this, a lot of my illustrations are ridiculous, but this does make the point well. Jesus is not our theme. Jesus is not our theme. And what came to mind as I was sort of getting these thoughts down is, you know, Megan and I, we've uh, owned two different homes. And in both homes, when it's come time to decorate and we're just moving in, the idea of a theme has come up. This may not surprise you, but Megan was more concerned about the theme than I was. But you see, when you have a theme, it pulls everything together. When you have a theme, it helps you make decisions. When you have a theme, it helps keep a, a focus. It ensures that there's a cohesive unity. Now, all that sounds great, but it's shallow. Themes can change. It's all surface. This idea of a theme, it's subject to preference and opinion. Jesus is not our theme because the lordship of Jesus is deep. The lordship of Jesus, it's unquestioned and it's eternal. And as we consider the, the mission of the church, we should start by remembering that our call is not to be polite to Jesus. We're not achieving our mission by speaking well of Jesus. We're not fulfilling our calling by being nice to Jesus. But our calling and our mission is to be totally consumed, defined, empowered, guided, dependent, and motivated by Jesus. It is total and complete. All him. And this leaves no room for selfish ambition, greed, adoration, or celebrity status. Unfortunately, those things have a way of creeping into the church. Just this week, Megan and I were surprised to see someone that we like and respect and have looked up to. This minister was using their social media platform to sell their course on preaching. And when we looked into it, they were charging thousands of dollars. I was astounded that this, why are you promoting this? Why has this become how you're using the, the influence that God has given you? Another time, again, this was just this week, a worship leader that Megan and I have both been blessed by. They're on tour right now. And as we saw pictures of them on tour, on the stage, it was just their name up in massive lettering and emblazed in lights. Why is this the focus of your tour? You're a worship leader. Why is this the focus? I've heard stories of preachers refusing to speak at conferences because the five-figure honorarium wasn't big enough. I've heard of preachers refusing to speak at big churches because the rider in their contract was not honored to a T. I've heard about some extremely well-known pastors that have demanded their interns don't look at them in the eye. What is going on? I'm begging us. We need to remember this from Jesus. Matthew 20. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. 
But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. And there's a responsibility for church leaders and for elders to ensure that this selfish, this greedy, this, this absorbed with what celebrity status and wanting adoration doesn't creep into the church. But most importantly, individual believers need to regulate ourselves. We need to regulate ourselves. So I've got a few thoughts. If this truly is all about Jesus, which it is and it should be, if it's all about Jesus, I've got a few thoughts. If it's all about Jesus, people remembering my name is insignificant. If it's all about Jesus, if it's all about him, people remembering my name is insignificant. Now, I want to be effective in reaching people. I want to reach lots of people. But if the Lord burst opens the doors and brings crowds and crowds of people into word of life, do I have the maturity to reject the ego boost? Are people, am, I, am I consumed with people remembering the name of Tom Wood? Or do I truly not care at all if they remember me one bit? But if their eyes and their life has been changed because of Jesus, and their eyes are set on him and their eternity has changed, is that what drives me? If it's all about him, it should be. Second thing, if it's all about Jesus, my big picture is decided and the details will be discovered. If it's all about Jesus, my big picture is already decided and the details will be discovered. We may all play different roles, but the purpose, the broader mission, that's set in stone to further the gospel and make disciples. Even the word of life mission statement, which we're looking through, that's essentially our church finding what our tiny part of God's mission in central New York is. It's finding our place within what he's doing in a much bigger sense. Paul writes about all the parts of the body working together, but the big picture is decided. It's not new or fresh or rewritten. We just need to find our tiny part of the mission. The big picture is decided. The details, our small part, we'll figure all that out. Third thing, if it's all about Jesus, I can't keep this to myself. If it's all about Jesus, I can't keep this to myself. I have no idea why evangelism would ever be done under obligation. I have no idea why anybody would evangelize with a sense of duty and responsibility and anything except an absolute devotion to God and just an overflow of the goodness that he has done in our lives. If it's all about Jesus, I can't keep this to myself. If it's all about Jesus, I have found my purpose and motivation. If it's all about Jesus... I have found my purpose and motivation. We stop asking, what's in it for me? We stop demanding astronomical speaking fees to go to churches. We stop worrying about whether our needs, our desires, our preferences, what we care about is going to be fulfilled. If it's about Jesus, we have found our purpose and our motivation, and it's Him. It's His cause. It's His purposes being fulfilled. That's our motivation. Our motivation is seeing the kingdom of God advance in incredible ways and changing lives. If we're consumed with him, our own rewards is very secondary. The driving motivation, the driving purpose is his glory, his kingdom, and what he's doing. Next thing, if it's all about Jesus, my disappointments aren't my final chapter. If it's all about Jesus, my disappointments aren't my final chapter. There's no setback that derails the plans and purposes of Jesus. So if something in my life is a disappointment or a setback, it's not the end of the story if my life is driven by the cause of Christ. 
if my life is all about finding my part in his bigger picture, confident that the bigger picture is not gonna be derailed by anything that can happen to any individual, there's a level of comfort in that. It's not the final chapter of my story if my story is all about him and what he is doing. <clears throat> now, a number of years ago, I heard about um, something called an atheist church. And it will not surprise you, but it was in California. But the atheist church in California, they'll gather together on Sunday mornings, and they'll gather and there'll be a band on front on a stage, and they will sing pop songs together. And then someone will get up and do a self-help type talk, and then they will have coffee and donuts together. And it's the atheist church. Doesn't that just highlight the absolute hunger that people have for church? That they would gather together and sing and essentially worship, unfortunately, idolatrously. They'll get together and sing and worship and then to get something that's going to help build their lives to come. Unfortunately, it's not rooted in biblical truth. But you get the idea is that it is the highlighting this craving that we have. Unfortunately, it also shows that we can have community and we can have church with a complete and utter absence of Jesus. We can gather together and we can sing songs and we can listen to someone get up and say something and even have fellowship and Jesus be completely out of the picture. They've proven this by working hard to push Jesus out of the picture. Unfortunately, that can creep into the church. Leading individuals to become faithful and effective followers of Jesus. That needs to be the biggest, hardest punch in that mission statement. This is all about him. A great reminder of this in the book of Revelation. This is uh, John writing, and this is uh, to the church in Ephesus. Write this letter to the angel of the church of Ephesus. This is a message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do, I have seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. But you have discovered they are liars. You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. But, what do you mean but? So I said they're doing great. They're doing good church stuff. They're having good church services. They're not putting up with heretical teaching. They're doing all the stuff, they're getting together. Sounds like there's some growth happening here. This is awesome. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. The love that you have for me and the love for me that spreads to other people, that started to slow down. That started to take a hit. That's not what it once was. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If it's all about Jesus, people remembering my name is insignificant. If it's all about Jesus, my big picture is decided and the details will be discovered. If it's all about Jesus, I can't keep this to myself. If it's all about Jesus, I have found my purpose and motivation. If it's all about Jesus, my disappointments aren't my final chapter. Lord, we wanna embrace the mission, the vision statement on this church. We want it to be more than just words on the wall. We want it to be something that drives our hearts and motivates us to fulfill the mission that you've put on this church. Lord, we love you. Lord, we deeply love you. You have changed our lives. You have transformed our destiny. Lord, you have secured our eternity. And we want to live with you as our number one priority, as the true Lord of our lives. Lord, help us, guide us, empower us, direct us. 
Lord, may we hear your voice above anything else. Lord, please breed a a humility in us that is going to put our voice a very distant second to your voice and your guidance and your direction. And Lord, please, may we have the humility to know that we are completely dependent on your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you. We cannot do this without you. We don't want to just gather and sing songs and listen to a message. Lord, we want to be a part of a church that sees lives changed. We want to be a part of a church where you truly are Lord and King. We love you. We honor you. We praise you. In your wonderful name, amen, amen.